The Tefl Commute, Season 4, Episode 1. First classes in which Sean and I celebrate getting back into the podcast and back into teaching. Let's get started. Hey, Sean. Hey, Lindsay. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Welcome yeah, back. It's kind of, it's, yeah, welcome back. It feels like the first day. It definitely feels like the first day. We I think we've forgotten how to do this, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you just joining us, welcome to the Tuffle Commute. My name is Lindsay Clanfield. I'm joined um, by... God, I talked over Lindsay. There you go. You see, we're out of sync. My name's Sean Wilden. <laughs> <laughs> and we are the Tuffle Commute, uh, along with James Taylor, our producer. We make this podcast, which is for language teachers, but it's not about language teaching, although the topic will come up. And I think the topic comes up today, doesn't it? John? It would be very difficult to talk about going back to school without, <laughs> without the topic of, uh, of, of classes and education and such coming up, wouldn't it? So yes. anyway, how was your summer first? A, uh, my yeah. summer was, was very good. It was, it was quite relaxing. Um, the thing uh, about summer for me is I live in Spain and the, the holidays for the kids are so long. They have like eight weeks of holidays. So finally, the, they've gone back to school. But I tell you, at the end of that, the holiday, we're just, you know, dying to get, back <laughs> get rid of the school, kids, <laughs> get them out of the house. You know, it's just too much. Even if they do kind of summery camp things, that's only a couple of weeks. And then there's just like this huge long time. So, so you you couldn't actually wait for the first day back at school. Oh yeah, I'm 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 well into you know getting back uh, the first classes back into getting them back into their first classes. And what about your kids? Were they excited about going back? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. One of them starting high school, so that was exciting. So yeah. Are uh, you are you are you are you excited to be back? Uh, well, I don't start yet. I've got uh, uh, my classes are starting at the beginning of October. We, by the way, for our listeners, we're recording this in September. For many countries, this is uh, back to school time. Although I've worked in other countries where it was in August. Uh, yeah, well, we're actually taking a very, I guess, uh, uh, almost European sense of that. European Americans, uh, for for many schools, the other side of the world, they've still been at school, haven't they? So, you well, know. yeah. So if you are uh, at a school which has been going for the last three months, well, we're, we're a little bit late for you. But we are, because it's kind of top of our minds, where we decided to talk about first classes uh, at this point. Sean. Yes, Lindsay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I cheated on that. Have you got a class starting soon? My oh, well, no, my, my, my online classes have just started. Um, so that was quite, they started uh, uh, last weekend, in fact. And as always, how do you feel about a first class? When you I, know, have... I, I was looking for, I always look forward to getting back into it. It's nice to have the break, uh, uh, and even with online teaching, it um, which are, you know, many people will think is very different, but for me, it's not. But I, but um, it's nice that you still that kind of excitement, you know, the first time you log on to the course and send out those welcome emails to get people going and uh, uh, and so on and so forth. Do you find it's different your sensation of a first class with an online class to a first class face to face? Um, I think it's different in the sense I think it takes, I mean, because I do a lot of asynchronous teaching, you know, so not everybody's on the line, online at the same time. 
Um, and I think is that, you know, you see the class, if you've got a face-to-face class for the first time, you've got that time with them, and there's that big thing, nervous energy for, say, the hour, hour and a half, whatever the time of the class is. But with a, with the online class, it kind of unfolds over the week, so to speak, you know, because people log in at different times and you meet people throughout the week. So I don't think there's that kind of burst of um, nervous adrenaline that there is. That, that yeah. there might- I have that. I have that also. That, that I'm thinking of my. I also teach online, so I know what you're talking about with the asynchronous and people kind of coming in and seeing someone log in for the first time and and share some stuff. That's and 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 getting all that kind of stuff started. On the face to face classes, I always have that horrible nervous feeling just before when I. It, it, it's almost. It's worse if I get there too early. You know, I oh, okay. only get to class early, but then I get there too early, and then some students arrive too early as well and that oh oh those and you've those, got you've got to make the polite conversation until the class starts conversation <laughs> when they've come on 15 minutes before and i wanted that 15 minutes to kind of get zen and just ready for it and then everyone kind of come in but um but yeah does that feeling always remain the same i was I'm always, I'm, I, for a while i was very interested in how teachers whether experience uh, lowered the amount of kind of um, nervousness to the first class you know and the, the longer you teach the more it becomes like routine even though it's a first class um, do, you, do you think you've got better at that? No for me it doesn't I still feel the same kind of nerves uh, I still try to get there early uh, way too early in many cases um, I over prepare my first class Almost always, I overprepared. I, I have. Too is, many- that be, is that because you just don't know what's going to happen? It's like, yeah, you know. I don't know what's going to happen. And if it's a first class after a, a break, like a holiday, I've, I've sort of, uh, you know, maybe anticipating that things will go too quickly, or that I'll be scared that I won't have something ready to do. Um, so I always kind of, not not necessarily with materials, but I always kind of have a lot of things planned just in case, you know, and, and, and we never managed to get through all of them, which is fine, but... Um... No, but then you've got, you've got the next lesson already half-planned, so there's, there's a good thing in that. Actually, I think it's the first day of class also a kind of a sense of relief, because for many teachers, you, you know, the first day of class, okay, that's when you meet the class, but they've actually been back at work a couple of days, you know, and there's all the stress of actually being back at school, and yeah. the classroom is almost a sense of relief, you know, because you're going in to find out, you're going in, you find possibly a new timetable, you've, um, you've got to work out, you know, what time your class starts, and what the materials are, you know, and all that admin kind of starts again uh, with it. So, so I think many teachers perhaps see that actual going into the classroom as a, phew, now we're back into the groove, you know, yeah. rather than sat in, in meetings and, uh, and so on. But maybe also because you think you, uh, you're back in charge now. Yeah, perhaps. You, you have more control now of what's going to happen, whereas all that other admin stuff, you're dependent on outside forces. Yeah, I think I was obviously coming from the, the private language school sector rather yeah, than state sector. It's always kind of, there's always, always used to these like almost full on what they call induction weeks for all the new staff, which were, you know, you were completely knackered by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then te- and then teaching began. Um, <laughs> well, here's another question then, Sean. What kind of things, let's, let's stick to face-to-face teaching then. Okay. Uh, so on a class or a course, but let's imagine like teaching an English class. What kind of things would you want to accomplish on the first day of class? Uh, survival, really. Uh, survival. Top of my list. And them? Or <laughs> Sorry? You or them or both? Uh, possibly both, yes. You know, the, 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 they survived me and I survived them and the, they will want to come back for the next lesson. Now, flippancy aside, I mean, there's a lot of things. I think um, there's, there's obviously, this, I think 
well, clearly there's getting the, the students' names and knowing who the students are has got to be established, which we, which we talked about at length in a previous podcast, but there's no no escaping that, you know, in the first class, names are an important issue. Yes, not only for the teacher to learn the names, but the students to start learning and using each other's names. I think. Yeah, absolutely, oh. yeah. I mean, the, 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 the classroom dynamic aspect of things uh, for it. I mean, I mean, it's highly likely, of course, that the, kid, the kids or even adults know each other from a previous class. And I think that's also that's a kind of um, adds to the the, sh the the teacher apprehension of the class. You know, the a new teacher working in a different way. So again, uh, so on things to, to cover in the first day of class. Um, how are we going to work together? What kind of things do they like doing? What what kind of things do I like doing? Um, you know, and explaining that or, or discussing. So, that so sort of like the, the, your responsibilities, expectations, and so on and so forth. Do you do a lot of like the course overview and admin type stuff? I guess it depends on the course. So teaching um it depends on the course and um it depends on um the environment i mean because a lot of, a lot of schools know what the what the overview is and, um, and what it is i probably more an admin from um from what my class admin is like and what the rules of my class are going to be like from that point rather than necessarily the school rules i don't want to i don't want to um shall i say dare i say bore them to death with going over all that on the first day yeah. um and I think these things can 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 unfold, but certainly um, expectations and responsibilities uh, would be managed on the first day. I have another question then. Here, two things: whether or not you would do or not do on the first day of class. Okay. The first thing: would you get them to open their books if they were using course books? Would you would you say would you use the textbook, course book, whatever on the first day? Um, I think it depends on the class. I think if they were um, a class that were continuing from where they kind of left off at the end of June, uh, possibly. Um, if they were a class that were well-established, that knew each other, um, then yes, I would imagine I would. I mean, in, in a lot of the contexts where I've taught, the students don't have the book on the first day, so that's never really a possibility. Um, that's true for me as well, because I, I almost never would open the book on the first day unless it was to show them the book and say this is the book we're using some of you have it yes yes oh no you have an older edition you need the new edition um yes this is where you can buy it or get it or yeah I also think, but I also think um, it's kind of nice if, if the class is continuing. Um, um, let's say they stopped at the halfway point in the course book from the last academic year. It's quite nice, I think, to get the students to to kind of open the book to remind themselves of where they are and what they've covered and what we're going to build on. So um, you know, kind of making that statement that we're back and this is what we've done and this is where we're still to go. Well, then here's my second question. Is it a good idea to start with a game on the first day of class? Do you ever play like a game with them? Um, the answer to these questions always depends on the context, isn't it? I, uh, yeah, of course uh, yeah, I mean, if it's a new class, and I mean, again, this goes back to the name thing. Isn't it? I think we play a lot of games to get used to the used to the names uh, of the students and who they are, and, and make sure that people uh, are introduced to each other. Um, and I think that's the angle of the game. So in that situation. Yeah, certainly if it's a new class and it's a new group of people, there will be some kind of game activity early on in, the, in it. Yeah, I'm very much in favor of the game type activity and everything. But then I've wondered sometimes, you know, that's sort of like you, you set out your stall at the beginning, right? So it's like they're, they're all getting their first impression of you. And if you start with kind of games and nice stuff, that's great for rapport and everything. But does it send a signal of like 
seriousness. And again, I always remember when I taught at a university in Mexico, one of the teachers who didn't seem to be particularly liked, quite strict and everything, the students often would say, you know, oh, yeah, strict, we don't play games, but oh, we learn a lot of English with him. I mean, it depends, I mean, it depends on what you define as a game. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be difficult, but I mean, um, is, when, when, where's the line between an activity and a game? I mean, maybe there's an episode in, in itself in that. Um, uh, from it, um, you know, if you if you're playing like an ABC game to get to know the names, is that a game or is it an ABC activity? In order, I mean, I think people's the, the word game. I think the the connotation of the word game has a you know is different to a lot of people. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, it's true, true. Maybe that is a subject for another podcast. Hey, Sean, go on. Let's then. see if our Facebook Wisdom has anything to say about first classes or first impressions. Teaching is the profession that teaches all other professions. Author unknown. Good to hear the voice again. It's kind of, although after after our last episode, the the extra episode, I'm I'm not sure if I prefer one of those other voices now. Um, yes. Maybe we're maybe after. Yeah, um, tell the Pete, tell tell the listeners what episode you're talking about. Oh, the little bonus episode we put out over the summer, where we where um, we included some of uh, some of the first attempts of of uh, of getting Facebook Phil's voice right, but. Um, Yes, and I forgot what they sound like. I think when we renegotiate his contract, we might have to insist on a different voice. Um, let me think of other things. We, do you do do you do things like needs analysis on the first day, or do you assume that's already been done? Yeah, unless it's been done before. And if I'm teaching online, that's often been done before, and I have yeah. the results already. But I would do sometimes an informal needs analysis. One thing that I did that was really um, that I, I I really enjoyed, uh, and I know not a lot of teachers can do this, but I would team teach with another teacher. Uh, okay. Sometimes I would do the class and sometimes she would do the class. But the first day we always came together and we divided the class into groups. And one group had to fill out uh, three groups. One group was with me answering questions. The other group was with her answering questions. The other group was filling out a questionnaire. And each each uh, group was discussing different things. So with me, they'd be discussing their past language learning experiences with her. They'd be discussing what they want to do in the course. And the questionnaire was sort of more like language uh, type stuff and what they needed English for and so on. And they would rotate around. And that was a really kind of nice mixture of sort of different ways of doing needs analysis. But often with a smaller group, I will have that chat of like what, what, how, uh, why they're learning English, what kind of things that they want to, do they want to learn. Of course, of course, if it's a group that I've had before, we're, we're just going to be continuing on. Um, another thing that I would do is, is try to set some ground rules for the class, especially with younger learners. So class contracts, that's uh, these, these rules, uh, Lizzie. Uh, before the podcast, you and I were talking kind of like about new class contracts. Do you think, and I think we were talking about mobile phones. So do you think this is now a staple part of first classes and, and contracts? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think this has become a big part of, of first classes now compared to, let's say, 10, 10, 15 years ago, even five years ago. I would imagine that almost every first class, there is something that comes up about phone usage. Either it's going to be, uh, please turn off your phones or put them to silence uh, while we have the class going, or um, if you need to take a phone call, please uh, step outside and do it discreetly, 
or it's going to be, please put the phones in the box at the front of the classroom, which is uh, classes I've seen where that happens, especially with teenagers. Or it's going to be something like, okay, everyone, does who has phones or devices or tablets here? Because we're going to be using them as part of our English class. And I just want to make, I just want to find out what, what kind of devices everyone has. Yeah, I think that part of it goes back into the class contract because, in, in obviously, um, I would, uh, when I can, I, I tend to use mobile, let the students use the mobile. So I put it into my class contract, kind of when they can use them, what they can't use, when they can't, can and can't use them, and what might be the repercussions of, of, um, of not using them correctly or using them at a bad time. So I, I think that goes back to kind of, going into the contract at the, at the, at the beginning of the, of the class um, these days. But I wonder, I wonder, we'll have to see if we do some informal poll and see how many people actually mentioned it in their first lesson. Actually, uh, that's true. That would be interesting. If you uh, are listening to this and want to leave us a note on our Facebook page, do you talk about mobile phones in your first class? Uh, or what kinds of things do you do in your first class? Let's see if we can get any listener feedback. I think uh, when I was over the summer, I was um, I, I kept myself amused with quizzes, and I found a really nice little quiz that I think will wake the teachers' brains up for uh, for the next academic year. So um, have a listen to this. So after a summer where, of course, we've done nothing but lie on beaches, it's time to get our brains back in gear. And what better way to do that than with a language quiz? Um, and this one is all about QU words. And it's taken from the website uh, Braingle. And I'll share the link with you on our website. So I'm going to give you the definition to two words. Okay, so for example, British pound or part of the psyche. This will lead you to the word quid. And if you take the Q, U off quid, you get id, which is the answer to both words. Shall we do one together? <laughs> okay, so this one means stop doing that thing. Okay, so the whole thing is stop doing, but if you take the QU off, you get that thing. Have you got it? So, of course, the word you have is quit, which means stop doing, and if you take the QI off, you get that thing, which is it. Okay, so here we go then. Number one, peculiar behaviour and annoy. Peculiar behaviour, annoy. Number two, subatomic particle, large boat. Subatomic particle, large boat. Number three, unit of liquid measurement, product of creativity. Unit of liquid measure, product of creativity. Number four, small game bird, to be unwell. Small game bird, to be unwell. Number five, large feather, unwell or faulty. Large feather, especially for a pen, there's a bit of an extra clue, unwell and faulty. Number six, nausea or feeling uncomfortable, simple. Nausea or feeling uncomfortable and simple. And the final one, misgivings and donations to the poor. Misgivings, donations to the poor. 
answers coming up later on in the podcast. Very good. Very yeah. good stuff, Sean. Yeah, I can't like that. It's a good. It's a very good website. Um, maybe some more of those in the in the next uh, in the next uh, few episodes. Um, so um, so we've we've covered games, and we've we've so we've covered. Oh, you know, there was a question I was going to actually. There was the needs analysis. There was something you said that reminded me. Is it is there any point in doing a needs analysis in a predetermined class? Because um, we were talking about whether we did them or didn't. Um, uh, earlier on in the podcast and, I, and it just occurred to me it's just like so if you've got a class of students that have kind of all paid or all forced to be in the same class um in a state school for example what's the point of doing a, a needs analysis huh good point and if they're all following the same book you mean yeah yeah and i mean you know, the, the, the syllabus is already laid down by the school the test and the assessment at the end is going to be done by them i, do, I just wonder because you, you you read everywhere about on you know on, on websites you know things new in the first lesson do the needs analysis yeah sure in a bespoke class or in a in a customized class you need to do a needs analysis but in this homogenous and i use the word i mean i realize the students are going to be of mixed abilities but in this kind of a homogenous predetermined class um is there any point in a in a needs analysis Ah, well, I suppose you, it's a, how you would do the needs analysis. You could be talking about like which things they find more difficult than others. Um, that's what I often include, like what, where do they find, uh, you know, where, where might we put a bit more focus on or kinds of activities that they've done in the past that they liked and kinds that they didn't like. Um, and then, uh, although often I can guess which ones they're going to say, but so maybe that, that isn't so much a case. But it's also a, a way of sort of bringing them into it and sort of beginning to give them a voice i suppose and in, in, in some of the decisions or in some of the even though they might not be big ones sort of at least be seen to be listening at the beginning could that be another reason to do it possibly and i, and I certainly think there is i mean certainly to, fight, to to give them a voice is an important one i, I wasn't asking the question out of out of a, a negative why i don't have to waste the time doing that it was just it just occurred to me and you know it's just something you know that you think well there's not a lot i can actually alter within this to uh within this um classroom anyway so is a needs analysis is a needs analysis setting up a, a set of false expectations um, that's true but i guess as as you were saying before it all depends on the context and what questions you ask i suppose if you ask questions more procedural type questions or how we're going to spend our time getting through this predetermined stuff uh maybe there would be room oh Lindsay, Lindsay, while you're there yes Lindsay, what did the dad buffalo say to his son on the first day of school Oh, you're, you're making a point of starting our season off with a joke, aren't you? Oh, well, yeah, I know how much you love them. So what did the dad buffalo say to his son on the first day of school? Uh, something about bisons. Yeah, well done. Bison. I just, I see. Oh, I got it too. Oh, I know. God. Yeah. You get the joke and I just said bison just off the top of my head. Oh, I... look at you coming down to my level of humor. Poor you. Um, I, I, we're, we're probably coming towards the end. I just got, we've, we've looked at everything from a, a student point of view at the moment. Well, what does the teacher do to, with the students and so on? Um, I, I think obviously the start of a new year is also the chance for a teacher to, um, you know, start a new, um, you know, do, do you set goals and do you, do you try something? Do you, do you make a point of saying I'm going to do something new this year um, when, when yes. you start an academia? Uh, it could be, I often do set like some micro goals, some which I never quite meet, others which I do. So I might be deciding this year I'm going to try to use more, uh, more like, I don't know, the, 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 the interactive whiteboard, more features on the interactive whiteboard if I have. Yeah. 
for example, or uh, I'm going to try to give better feedback on uh, students' written work. Actually, that, yeah. that, that resolution gets made quite often, and, <laughs> and it doesn't always work out the way I want it to. But yeah, I often no, do. I, I think that's the same. But I think that I think that helps keeps us fresh as well, you know, and also you know gives us gives us a, a, a different way of being excited about the academic year, the the experimentation and uh, and trying things out. So I think I just I just thought it was worth mentioning, you know, that the start of the year can be good for a teacher in 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 a depression professional development as well as the oh no i've got to learn all these new names again uh, uh with it of course oh yeah of course i think do you think do you fancy finishing with a fight i know that's an odd statement but, uh, but yeah you... uh, this is a new thing isn't it that we're gonna try yeah should we try it okay let's see Welcome to a new feature here on the TEFL Commutes, TEFL Fights. I'm joined here now by Sean and Lindsay, who are going to battle it out to decide who's right and who's wrong. So how does this work? Well, firstly, our first com combatant will speak for one minute, putting forward their arguments, and then our second combatant will come back with their arguments for another one minute. Then they'll have both have 30 seconds to reply to each other. After that, I, your judge, will decide Who's the winner? Okay, so let's get started. Which you know will be me. You know random. Yeah, sure. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Our topic today is which is better, first lessons or last lessons? Going first is Lindsay, who will be arguing that first lessons are the best lessons you can have. So, go ahead, Lindsay. Take it away. Okay, I'm going to argue that first classes, uh, first lesson with a group of students is much better than a last lesson for uh, three or four main reasons. The first one is a curious one. I would argue that one is almost always better prepared for a first class. I think it sounds strange because you don't know the students, but I argue this makes you prepare more. So you don't know what to expect. The nervousness means that you always have plenty of stuff ready. You aren't used to them that much so that you can just wing it. Whereas a last class, you might just wing it. Second reason, the preparation doesn't have to be that much. You've got the beginning admin stuff to get through, the obligatory getting to know you activities which can take up a big chunk of time, answering questions and so on. Also, if you've been teaching for a while, you probably have several first class go-to activities as well up your sleeve. So this uh, means that you're, you'll be much more prepared with a whole bunch of stuff to do. Third, the students have not yet heard your favorite jokes, your old stories, your favorite activities, unless they've had you as a teacher before. So if you want to bring out all your best party tricks and look like a star, you'll be able to do that on the first day. On the last day, they maybe have heard your jokes, they've heard your stories several times. That's it. Four Right, now, Sean, now it's over to you. Sean will be arguing that last classes are the best classes to have. Okay, Sean, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go. 
Well, there's uh, some rather unsurprising arguments put forward by Lindsay. Let's look at the first lesson. The only adjective we could ever attribute to a first lesson is excitement. That walking into the class for the first time, yes, is a good quality. But think of the other adjectives that a first lesson brings. A lot of negativeness, a lot of nervousness, a lot of apprehension. Will they like me? Will I like them? As the adage goes, first impressions count. And this one, this first impression is going to last about 40 weeks. Imagine the horror when you're stuck at the stuck with the class clown, the major disruptor for the next few months. The last lesson, on the other hand, is adios amigos, bye-bye, you've survived another year, and you can feel the positivity course through your body. To that end, the first lesson is actually the beginning of the end, where the last lesson is the beginning of the beginning. Walk into your first lesson of the year and say goodbye to summer, say goodbye to stress, uh, stress few weeks, say goodbye to watching television, bring on the extracurricular marking, planning and grading. Who could possibly argue that in that context, the first lesson is better? Now on to the first class itself. How dull is the first lesson? So boring, so rote. In the last lesson, you've got challenge. Are the students going to be motivated? Will they turn up? Um, what will you do with them? Are they going to be demob happy? And finally, of course, in the last lesson, you get presents. Time up. Okay, okay that so... Was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good, but I have an answer. Okay, so go ahead, Lindsay. Over to you for your 30-second riposte. Okay, so sure, the first day must be might be stressful in the lead-up, as Sean was saying, but it almost always goes better than you expect. That's because you've got a positive, most people, the students and the teacher, have a positive expectation bias. Another way to look at this is like a new president or a new prime minister, there's always a honeymoon period after an election. You have a honeymoon period as a teacher at the beginning, and you haven't seen the troublemakers yet. Whereas at the end of the lesson, you're like in the sunset of your term as a prime minister, leader, teacher, whatever, and you also know the troublemakers, they've bothering you whatever you just can't wait to get it over with okay. second that's time i'm i'm quite surprised by that argument is there somebody that's involved in teacher training oh, okay hold surely on, hold on oh, hold on one second oh. <laughs> hold on one second i've got to got to rein this in you know i've got to keep some control all right in, all right, all right. okay i've got to respect the format sean come on i was i was rebooting okay you ready to go yep okay off you go that's a, that's a really tired argument, Lindsay, to be honest. I mean, as a teacher trainer, surely you know that the challenge comes in the unexpected. There's nothing unexpected about the first lesson. There's, I mean, it's almost, I mean, the only thing that what you change in the first lesson year on year is maybe the activity. It's like a first world teaching problem where you just know what's going to happen. The last class brings skill. It brings challenge. It's the class that really shows what a teacher you are. And, and from that basis, I can't, the last lesson has to win hands down every time. I mean, the students in the beginning, as you say, motivated the end no motivation if i can motivate that class then surely it shows uh, what a good teacher time. i am okay well there you go thank you guys very interesting arguments i th i i you both of you have some very persuasive points of view but i think uh i think i'm most persuaded by that idea that sean said of those tv shows that you won't be able to watch anymore <laughs> so, the winner is Sean. Yes! Oh, the whole thing is rigged. This is <laughs> the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I'm not going to make a big thing of this. I will congratulate my opponent. I thought he made some good arguments. I still believe I'm right. That a first well, class is better than a last class. Well, each of their own. 
I will go off, go forward into season four as the fight champion. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody, listeners. That was our first Teffel fight, moderated by James Taylor uh, uh, with myself and Sean in each corner. It's something that if you enjoy, we hope to do again this time uh, or other times with guest speakers. So stay tuned for next fights. If you have a topic that you think would be fun to have people fight about on the Teffel Commute, let us know on our Facebook page. quiz answer time did you get them all let's find out uh so the first one was peculiar behavior and annoy so that's a quirk and take the qu off and you get arc your next one subatomic particle and large boat well that's a quark and obviously an arc a unit of liquid measure and a product of creativity is a quart and art the small game bird and to be unwell well that's quail and ale still feeling unwell for the next one which is the large feather pen and again feeling unwell so that's quill and ill so nausea feeling uncomfortable or simple so you've got queasy take the cue you off and you've got easy and finally misgivings or donations to the poor you've got qualms take the cue you off and you've got arms there you go, there's your brain teaser to get you ready for the new academic year. Bye! All right, everybody, this looks like we're coming to the end of our uh, of our first episode, of our uh, episode of one of season four. We're back again now, and uh, you can find out about us at our website, www.tefelcommute.com. You can find out about us on Facebook at Tefl Commute and on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find us at iTunes, Podomatic, or any other place where you get your podcasts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to drop us a message at any of those places. And I think that's more or less it. Sean, anything else to say on our first? Oh episode? no, just wish they to wish the teachers a, a good academic year. Hope it's successful for them, and uh, that uh, they enjoy their English classes as they always have. Nice to speak to you again, Lindsay. Nice to speak to you too, Sean. Everyone, talk to you later. See you next time. Here's an original idea for your first class. We came across the idea during our research for this episode and thought it sounded interesting. First up, time capsule. You'll need a small box or tube to act as the time capsule. You'll need one for each class you want to do the activity with. In class, Ask the students to take a piece of paper and create a self-portrait of themselves. They should add a sample of their handwriting, giving a small profile of who they are and their English goals for the year. Collect the work and put it in the time machine. Seal it with some sticky tape. In the last lesson of the year, open the time machine and let students compare how they are now to their time machine portrait. 
An alternative way to do this, perhaps for more digital students, is to ask them to record a short video of themselves on their mobile phone, which they send to you for safekeeping. At the end of the year, they compare themselves with the recording, hopefully noting how much they've improved at English. You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, www.tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com. Mm-hmm.